0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Raised to Empower podcast. I'm joined by my guest today, LaDonna Carey, a clinical psychologist with a practice in Kingsport, Tennessee. She works with individuals and couples who are impacted by betrayal by helping them understand the impact as well as the healing steps for the trauma. Additionally, she trains therapists in the important aspects of treating betrayal trauma through continuing education programs and retreats. LaDonna has a four-month-old granddaughter she adores, a wonderful son and daughter-in-law, and enjoys any adventure, especially if a beach is involved. She enjoys golfing, watching football, spending time with family and friends, and she is hooked on playing internet scrabble. LaDonna, thank you for joining me here today on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk with you today. I am too. I am too. We were chatting a little bit before we hit record, and um, I'm really excited to talk with you um, and learn from you about understanding betrayal and how to support clients, because it's definitely something that, interestingly, I was not expecting, but has come up with multiple clients of mine over the past couple of years. So definitely looking forward to this conversation today.
1: Yeah. And I tell you, it just seems to grow and grow and grow. Yeah. Um, you yeah, the the impact I think of internet porn, yeah. Um, cam girls, you know everything that's available just at your fingertips, has really caused an explosion just yeah. in couples issues and betrayal, and it's not something that we've learned about a whole lot. Sure. Yeah, the whole concept of betrayal trauma and what is that and how does that play out? So. I'm always happy to talk about it and share the things I've learned about it.
0: Yeah. So before we get into some of the details about this and and learning from from you, I always start off by asking guests, how did you get into this field? Because I think it's really interesting. I think a lot of times there's a lot of overlap we all have about how did we become mental health practitioners? How did we get into private practice? But I think we also have unique experiences um, of that journey. So can you share a little bit about how
1: you got into this field? I can, it's been a long time. I'll have to go way back. Cause it's been like 34 years <laughs> that I've been licensed yeah. now. Um, but actually when I got out of high school, I was burned out because I was a high achiever, wanted mm-hmm. to be in the top 10 of the class. And by the time I was done with that, I thought, I don't think I can even go into a library again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just need yeah. a break. So I decided that I was going to go to school to be a legal secretary because I always liked legal things. Yeah. Um, So in the course of that, I took a criminal law class, fell in love with criminal law and wound up getting my undergrad in criminal justice and corrections. Okay. Took some psychology classes during that time um during an internship that i did in that program i started working in a residential treatment center for delinquents okay fell in love with that population and decided well i actually i got a job offer the pay wasn't really all that good so i thought i think i need to go to grad school doing something (laughs) so actually i talked to my mom about it and I said, I don't know. Yeah, should I get a grad degree in English or should I get it in psychology? And she said, Well, people have always talked to you about things. I don't know. Maybe you want to think about psychology. So yeah. my mom steered me into yeah. it. And so I wound up going to grad school, um, degree in clinical psychology, and then just started doing my practice from there. Yeah.
0: Now, did you initially go into private practice after completing your graduate program or did you, like many of us have, you know, other things along the way before venturing into private practice?
1: Yeah. I started out in community mental health. Okay. Yeah. I was doing outpatient work with children and adolescents, still working at the residential treatment center. And then I wound up going into management there with the residential treatment center. Um, I did that for several years, then had the opportunity to move into a group private practice. So I shifted over there and did that for several years and then branched out on my own. Uh, The psychiatrist in that group practice actually moved and closed the practice. So I thought, okay, it's kind of sink or swim. Yeah, so I decided I was going to swim in private practice. And I've been doing that, I guess, 28 years. Wow. I've been doing private practice. Uh, But along the way, I had a contract to do the on-site employee assistance program at a uh, corporation here. So I did that part-time for 17 years and did corporate trainings and crisis management. Um, They had several incidents is what they call them, but um, yeah, where we needed critical incident stress debriefing. So I led yeah. the teams in doing that. Um, did a lot of corporate training during that time, interaction with um, leaders there in HR and management and medical departments. Um, so that was really a nice balance to doing mm-hmm. my private practice too. Um, and then I shifted from doing that and started teaching adjunct at East Tennessee State University. And I did that for about five years part-time. So I've bounced a bunch of different places.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Are you still teaching?
1: No, I'm not. Um, when COVID hit, that was the last semester that I taught, my dad got sick. And so, you know, I needed to be with him and help take care of him and COVID was hitting. And I thought this is just a good time to kind of slide out of that. So I shifted more to just full-time private practice. And you work primarily with couples. Is that correct? I do a lot of couples work and a lot of individual work um, with betrayed partners Okay. You know, who decide or are deciding, am I going to stay in the relationship? Yeah. Yeah. You know, or they may be in couples work with somebody else and I work with them individually. Okay. Um, I've done a lot of couples work through the years. Um, I guess all through my career, I've been doing training with that. Yeah. I started yeah. off with Gottman and the Couples Institute with training. Um, I've done PAC training, which I think is great relational life training with Terry real, okay. all of those give me a really good toolbox, I think to sure. be able to pull what different couples need. And in the last several years, I wound up taking a training on partner betrayal trauma. Yeah. Um. So I did kind of like a year long program, you know, in learning about that. And that's where my work really shifted to working yeah. with betrayal trauma.
0: Now it's interesting because I feel like that's a very specific kind of niche, but also one that is definitely needed because um, in my experience in working with clients who are looking at, are am I leaving this relationship? There's a difference for those who it's, there's just isn't working out versus there's been some kind of betrayal. Was there anything specific for you that led you to say, this is an area of focus that I think I want to work with clients on?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. The saying, we teach what we know. Mm. Unfortunately, I know about betrayal trauma. Um, I was in a long-term marriage and, very accidentally found out about a whole secret world that my mm-hmm. husband had had for years. And so I know the impact of betrayal yeah. trauma. I know what it is to open a, a credit card statement and see all of these charges that I knew what they meant. I'd done some training also with sex mm-hmm. addiction uh, with Rob Weiss. And so I knew all the sites, I knew what all of it was. So my own experience in figuring out how in the world do I survive this? What do I do? How do I handle this? Um, And then also that made me realize there aren't a lot of therapists who really know about this. You know, in searching for somebody for me to talk to, I was as I was going through it, um, it was really a struggle. Yeah. And all of the clients that I've worked with since that point have said, "You're the only person in Tennessee that I could find, yeah. you know, that is listed as betrayal trauma." Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups of people who are going through betrayal and consistently I have heard them say over the years that my therapist betrayed me as well, hmm. because they didn't understand what I was going through. They tried to push reconciliation. They tried to push forgiveness. Yet they just didn't get the reality sure. of what I was going through. So that kind of shifted me to, well, you know, I can help these folks, but I think I could help more people if I could help more therapists understand this is what's going on and here's how to interact with it. And I love to teach. So I thought this is just a logical next step for me to share some of the information that I've learned that could help therapists along the way.
0: Are there certain characteristics that like, if you had a client coming to you that maybe they aren't identifying it as betrayal trauma, right. But Mm -hmm. like we, that's what we would identify it as. Are there certain characteristics that, you know, you would say, oh, like this is you know, betrayal, trauma versus just trauma? Like, are there certain, like maybe symptoms is a better word um, that to help identify, like this might be what a client is going through.
1: Yeah, I think it's really the complex PTSD symptomology Mm -hmm. with it. Um, Yeah, one thing I didn't mention is I did a wonderful internship at a domestic violence shelter Mm -hmm. when I was in grad school And so emotional abuse and verbal abuse have been just a passion of mine too. That's really part of what led me into couples work. Okay. That we need to be able to understand that. So my antenna is always going up. If I'm hearing gaslighting and all of the emotional abuse tactics, it's interesting. I have had people that I've talked with that have said, yeah, this isn't trauma. Yeah, mm-hmm. so even when they're going through the betrayal trauma, they don't know themselves that this is my body in a trauma reaction. Yeah, I'm in crisis here. And they think about somebody who got busted up in a car wreck, you know, yeah. or somebody who's been sexually abused through their lives, which certainly is traumatic and sure. complex PTSD too. but sometimes you have to really do the education with the client of, you know, these are things that are really common to happen when you've had your world turned upside yeah. down, you through these discoveries. And so I'll start asking, you know, what, uh, what kind of things have you been through in the past that may be similar to this? Yeah. You know, how did your body respond to that? you know, do a lot of questioning of getting them to be observant of what's going on with their body and what are they angry? Are they fearful? Um you know are they shutting down, you know, the whole fight, flight, freeze sure, modality sure. with it. are they overwhelmed with sadness? And you know, one of the things that I did, um I have a program that's called Gathering Our Hearts that's for betrayed partners. And I run some virtual groups. Yeah. Um, you just kind of psychoeducation. education. One of them was called healing through the holidays. And we did yeah. an eight week series just on how do you get through the holidays when you've gone through divorce or betrayal. Sure. Um, so I talk with them about, this is what's going on with your body. And these are the symptoms of PTSD or complex PTSD. How many of these are you seeing? And we do a checklist. Um, I also in that program, excuse me, I created a quiz that was based on the Enneagram and the nine different types and found that with the three dyads of the Enneagram, that people fall into a coping mechanism based on their particular type. so some are very fearful some are extremely angry and then um some are just shut down and depressed and sad and so by being able to come up with that profile you can come up with individualized treatment program that's sure. going to be specific for that particular type. Yeah. So that's, you know, a lot of people who come into our offices are familiar with their Enneagram type. Yeah. So that's a way that they can connect pretty quickly of, Oh yeah, this is my type. Here's some things I need to do to take care of me.
0: Well, and I would imagine that that could also be really validating for them because especially if I mean, even if we've had clients that have gone through something that seems more tip, like quote unquote, typical trauma, right? Like a car accident. And we're talking with them and we're like, I think you're having a trauma response. And they're like, no, 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 I don't think so. Right. But like, you're like, no, like this is that, that once you start giving them some language or like context of what they're going through, there's like these light bulb moments of like, Oh my goodness. No, this really is traumatic. And I would imagine what you're talking about of connecting their Enneagram type with how they may be responding could also be really empowering, but also validating for them because I can, I would imagine there's this real sense of like aloneness or loneliness Mm -hmm. in this betrayal. And how do I explain this to somebody? I don't really even understand what I'm going through, let alone how do I tell somebody else? But now there's this language of, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I am angry or I am shutting down or I am depressed and that this is okay or that this isn't normal for what I have just gone through.
1: Yeah. And a point that you made there just of the isolation with it. Yeah, there's so much what we call shame shifting that goes on when you've been betrayed yeah. because our mind, if there's been an affair, if there's been a secret life of betrayal, we're just programmed through society of, well, how was I not enough? Yeah. And so it's my fault that I've been betrayed here. It's my fault for being inadequate. And so we carry the shame often of somebody else's behavior and so part of therapy is being able to say this other person's behavior had nothing to do with you yes whoever they were with this is what they would have been doing yeah so being able to help them identify who's my support system who are people that i can talk with about this how do i not carry the shame of another person's behavior here but that's really tough because there's a lot in society you know you hear the statements oh well you couldn't keep them at home and well you know how'd you neglect or victim blame? yeah yeah Yeah. in a lot of religious circles you know there's a lot of well you have to forgive you know or you know if they're abusing you you know you need to be the face of god to them and the forgiveness yeah and i'm in east tennessee we're kind of the buckle of the bible yeah Yeah. around here so there's a lot of that that my clients struggle with which really kind of falls under religious abuse oh sure it doesn't matter how you're treated you you need to be taking care of this other person yeah so that's you know a, a big struggle that a lot of folks go struggle with as well. I think that's one of the reasons that it's really good to have group resources for Mm. these partners. Yeah, so that they have other people who get it. They have a place where they can talk about it. They don't feel so isolated. And it gives them a foundation of being able to just be open about this is the devastation that I'm going through.
0: Well, and to normalize it and have that connection with somebody else who, it could be a very, a totally different experience of betrayal, but the feelings are, I would assume are probably very similar and of like, yes. oh, you feel that too. Oh my goodness. I, again, I'm not alone in that. And and feeling yeah. a sense of community, especially if the community that you usually turn to support for is shaming or blaming you, right? Then who are you supposed yeah. to go to? So yeah, I would imagine groups like that could be really powerful.
1: Yeah, and I think they can really be a lifeline for a lot of folks who are going through it. Um, when you are in this situation, there's a struggle about, okay, what did we tell the kids? And mm. you know, How much do they need to know? How much does family need to know? yeah and so it it can be extremely isolating that i have to carry this secret yeah. because i have to protect these other people from the person i counted on to protect me right. and they've essentially blown me up yeah here yeah so all of that cognitive dissonance in there that the things that you want to do but you just don't know should I do that should I say that Um,
0: there's
1: no roadmap
0: for this
1: (laughs) no no there isn't and I tell you it as you're navigating along yeah I talk to people about it being a life quake and it's just like your whole life just got hit by an earthquake that you didn't know was coming and everything fell down around you and you're walking around trying to see what what's here and what's not and what's ruined and what is it. And the roadmap that you're traveling, yeah, it's pretty rocky and you got devastation and destruction all around you that you're trying sure. to walk through and you never walked that path before.
0: Well, and I'd be curious, like, if you have any thoughts on this, but in my work that I've done, like I said, I've had clients come to me that they, there's been a big, betrayal. And again, it's not something that I've like advertised for. I've not trained in yet. I'm really excited to, to take your course, to get some more training in this, because what I think is really unique as I've listened to their stories is it's not just like, there's this traumatic experience. Like you said, you're sifting through the rubble, but because there's been this betrayal, there's also a lot of reflecting back of what was real or how did I miss that? Or, you know, almost a distrust of self. Like I thought this is what it was that I was seeing. And so it's not just like processing what happened here today, but there's like a lot of going back I find and almost like re-traumatization in some ways with that of like, but I thought this is what that was. And and it wasn't. And like, now I'm doubting myself because I trusted that person. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that unique piece of this type of trauma.
1: Yeah. That is a huge part that you look back and say, was everything a lie? You, yeah. When you said this, was that a lie? Was this a lie? And so everything in the past gets tainted. And when you start looking back, There's actually a book that's called Blind to Betrayal, which Mm. is an excellent book that explains how are we blind to it? Yeah. And one reason that we're blind to it is because the people that we're with are master manipulators and liars Mm. and and they're extremely deceptive. When you've been able to have a secret life for 20 or 30 years, you're pretty damn good at having a secret life. And so it's not that... We're not smart enough to pick up on it. It's that they're really good at being deceptive with what they yeah. do. And also, a lot of the partners that I see, you know, when they look back and say, God, I should have seen this and I should have seen this, their lens that they were looking through was every marriage has issues, there are ups and there are downs. Right and I care about this person and they love me and you know, the, they wear the mask really yeah. well, that yeah. this is who I am. And so you think you're just navigating some of the natural ups and downs that we as couples therapists tell couples all the time. I, there's ups and downs right. in long-term relationships. Right. And so for them to have given the benefit of the doubt, and mm. tried to work through and thought they were in a partnership. Yeah. There's a lot of embarrassment about that. How did I miss this? Yeah. And they're not really carrying the shame of their partner's behavior in this instance. Sure. They're carrying some self-shame of my God, what what was wrong with me that yeah. I missed this? How could I trust somebody who's so deceptive? Sure. So it does disrupt your entire sense of self. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the work that I do with partners is developing some self-compassion for yeah. that. Learning to understand how are we blind to betrayal, that it's a very common thing. Um, and it's a coping mechanism. I also talk about different attachment styles. know, okay. I love attachment theory and you know we learn how to attach and how to stay safe and secure based on yeah. experiences that we've had and it's interesting some research about attachment styles and betrayal have said that you can have a person with a very secure overwhelmingly secure attachment style but you can have this episode of a life quake that disrupts their attachment style yeah And that's part of the trauma that goes with it. That here, I thought I was safe and secure. I thought I was doing the healthy things in this relationship and I did all that and this still happened to me. So losing trust in your judgment, losing trust in, I don't believe anything that anybody else says around me. Yeah, not just
0: my partner anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the whole world is i'm pretty jaded you know with the whole world as a result of this person who was supposed to have my back right
0: we've all been told we need to network in our private practice but no one actually tells us how to do it or what to say enter comprehensive connecting effective scripts that expand your networking community and actually fill your online practice This free guide will give you effective scripts to connect with fellow clinicians, medical professionals and community stakeholders to build strong networking relationships that will help fill your practice. In this guide, you will get tips and tricks for building relationships that will lead to referrals in your practice, real life examples of messages used to connect with referral sources and customizable plug and send scripts for your specific practice needs. So download your free scripts guide today by going to bit.ly forward slash comp connecting. Hey, 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 hey. So my practice, I, I focus on working with women with anxiety, going through grief, life transition and trauma. I specialized in perinatal mental health and I also have a specialty in working with military spouses. I'm a military spouse myself And interestingly enough, I, where the places of this betrayal trauma have come up with clients have consistently been in the military population and each situation is very different, but similar feelings, the kind of like you talked about, like I've built my life around this person. I've done this thing, you know, all these things for them. There's a lot of sacrifice that goes into military families And then to have this betrayal happen on top of like, it's not just I was committed to you in a relationship, but like this lifestyle that comes with military life. I'm curious if if in your work or if any research, if there is a higher level of betrayal in like military populations or not. Again, I'm not throwing military under the bus, but it's just interesting Mm -hmm. to me that there's been, at least in my work with clients consistently, that has been an issue that has shown up in that population.
1: Yeah. Research shows that that is one of the populations that it's very common. Interesting. Yeah. And is there any, any indication of why or? Well, if you think about having a secret life, if it's sex addiction, porn addiction, compulsive sex, sexual behaviors, um, they learn those mechanisms to soothe themselves. So who's going to need to be soothed more than our military? Yeah. Because of the horrendous things that they face while they're out there protecting us. Um, And so I think that we see it because it's accessible, easily accessible, it's sure. easy to hide. It's a way that I can keep this persona that I'm pulled together, yeah, yeah the military mode that we right. all know that right. I'm strong, I'm dedicated, I'm committed to taking care of the country. I'm a badass, you yeah. know <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All of that, thank God, you know, we've got folks who are protecting us in that way. That sure, sure. there's collateral damage with yeah. that, and they're not really gonna talk much about the emotional aspect of the trauma yeah. that they go through right. in that. Right. So I think that that's the reason for that, yeah. that it is a way that I can keep my family together It is a way that I can regulate my own dysregulated emotions from the trauma or PTSD that I may be going through. And they, they decide it doesn't hurt anybody. What you don't know won't hurt you. Yeah. No one else has
0: to know what's going on.
1: Yeah. And you know, really, I'm not cheating here. Yeah. Um, it's a way that they dissociate from the reality. Of yeah. what they're going through, and if you think about you know our first responders, their ER folks, people that are consistently thrown into taking care of people yeah. in crisis situations, and then they have to shake it off as though it's nothing. And really we right. know as therapists that it's a lot. Right. It, right, it's far from nothing. What these folks go through, and that's part of what i work to help partners understand too when i said earlier this is not about you at all yeah. this is about how they learn to cope yeah it's not unusual too that people who have the deceptive life with their attachment style they're an avoidant attachment style Yeah, mm. avoidant attachment styles are good in crisis Sure. Yeah, I just check out from that. But how did they learn as a child to check out? How did they learn that particular attachment style that this is how I have safety and security by just avoiding what's going on? So if we can help our partners understand the betrayer's attachment style, their history, Maybe what's going on with them that allows them more understanding, a different basis to be able to process sure. everything that's happened to them. And it really can give them the roadmap to being yeah. able to heal. Yeah.
0: Now, I know you have a course for therapists about like working with clients who have experienced betrayal. Can you share a little bit about this? And I think there's continuing education as part of it. Can you share a little bit about this course and what, because like I said, this is something I definitely need some support myself around in working with clients. So can you share a little bit about the course itself?
1: Yeah. The course I have right now is a four-part video series and it is um understanding betrayal trauma understand what's going on with the betrayer understanding what's going on with the person who's betrayed Mm. and then different therapeutic interventions and i give direction with therapeutic interventions for the betrayed, the betrayer and then as a couple as well So it's a video series right now in 2024, I'm going to be doing some live session trainings with it. Um, And I'm going to be adding different aspects to it. One of the things that I've learned to do is um, about disclosures
0: Hmm.
1: and you know, what's the appropriate way of doing a disclosure? What are the landmines that you might run into if you don't really know how to do a disclosure? Mm-hmm. You know, in some of the therapist groups I'm in, I've seen posts of, hey, I've got this couple coming in and they're going to do a full disclosure of the affair. I've never done this before. I'm doing it in two hours. What do I do? And I'm like, yeah. oh, don't do it. Please yeah. don't do that. You know, call me. Call yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, and part of what I do you know, in conjunction with the training is I have consultation groups mm. you know, where we can meet together. And you know, my goal with this is to keep it affordable so that more therapists can be able to access it. So I do a consultation group that's like $29 a month yeah. to be a part of. You have support you know, through an app called Voxer yeah. where we can box about cases or support that you need Sure. Um, available by email. So I I do that. And also there are retreats that I have. Um, one navigating the storm is in October and you know, October 23. So it's coming up very soon. Uh-huh. Um, and We're doing like four days of, this is what betrayal trauma is, how we treat it. Um, I have a yoga person coming in and she's training on yoga trauma, things that we can do with our clients to help release and understand where the emotions are lodged in their body, things we can use in um, our sessions with our clients. Yeah. So I'm trying to hit a lot of different areas and and have different opportunities for therapists just to be able to help as many people as we can. Well, and I think it's such a unique perspective and it's such a
0: unique area. I think even like to what your point of, you know, like disclosure, like I have no training in that. I have no background in that. Right. And yeah, it does come up. Yeah. But like you know, like, okay, we're just going to navigate this. But I think to your point, like understanding, I think if we are able to view it through the lens of trauma, mm-hmm. I have a background in trauma and I'd be like, oh yeah, no, 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 we're not going to touch. We're not going to just like dive right in. Right. <laughs> but, but if you're not viewing it through that lens, then mm-hmm. you're like, oh yeah, let's just talk about this. So I think being able to help us as therapists have a different perspective on it or like viewing what this betrayal is through a different set of lenses. I'm hoping for myself and then for listeners that this can help us to be trauma informed and just have this better therapeutic approach to be able to support our clients with this. Because again, this, you're one of the only people that I know that is, you know, supporting therapists with this. And I think, like you said, at the beginning, there is more and more of this happening for a variety of reasons And we need to be prepared of how do we support our clients through that?
1: Yeah. Have you heard of gray divorce, midlife divorce? So midlife divorce is the highest rate of divorce. And it's like four times higher than any other age group. Hmm. A lot of that is because of discovery of secret lives that people have had but if you think about, and this is one of the areas that I work in too, if you think about I've built my life, I've planned my retirement, yeah, kid, and now all of this is here, and all of a sudden, everything that we've had, if I divorce is going to be split, I'm not going to have enough money to live, yeah. my entire life is going to change, it's really hard to start rebuilding oh, yeah. when you're 50 years old, or 60 yeah. years old, or you know, um, some of the folks that I've talked to have yeah, you know, they've been right at retirement age at sixty-five. Yeah. And then these things come up. And time after time, a a very similar story that I hear is, you know, last week we were talking about where we were going on vacation and we were making our reservations. And this week they walk in and say, Hey, I've decided I don't want to be married anymore. Yeah. And the blind side impact of it is a very normal part that really comes along with the trauma. It's kind of like an unexpected, sudden death, that level of grief and shock and despair. So I think for therapists also to be able to understand the different age categories and the different Mm. struggles that people are gonna have in making decisions, do I stay or do I go? I'm also trained in discernment counseling mm. of how do you go through making those decisions? You know, yeah. Are you going to go through the agony of couples counseling? Sure. Do we have the foundation that we need for that? So, yeah. so many different aspects that really yeah. go into serving our clients in this area. Yeah.
0: So for listeners, if they are interested in taking your course and learning how they can support their clients around this, where
1: can they go to check that out? They can always send me an email at contact at um, My website's ladonacarry.com and there's contact forms there that you can get in touch with me. If you'd like to get on my email list, just let me know that, and I'll send out emails of all the upcoming trainings. And another thing that I do that I've really enjoyed a lot is a Third Thursday Therapist book club. Mm-hmm. I have to really work hard yeah. to say that. <laughs> the tongue twister. Um, yeah, but we have authors come in and talk about their books and how it's related to betrayal trauma mm-hmm. and how we use those in our treatment. Yeah. It's a free book club and it's virtual, so you know, if you get on the email list for that, then you get everything about the continuing ed credits as well.
0: And I think we have a link to for um, a webpage about your continuing education course about the betrayal trauma too. So we can link that in the show notes as well as your website and all of that information so people can check that out. And then I know you have a free video that listeners can check out too. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, the link that you have that's Betrayal recovery center.com and then i think it's slash bt video for betrayal trauma video um there is a link there where you can get the first video of the training series and from that um yeah if you like it and you want to know more you can purchase the package with it you can purchase just the videos if you want the continuing ed credits then I think there's maybe a $15 upcharge for that, just for the admin aspects of that. So yeah, it's kind of an introduction to betrayal trauma and an introduction to me and my teaching style and to see if you want to interact more and learn more. Yeah. Well, I really hope listeners
0: take advantage of this because again, this is a really unique topic and a really unique area of work, but I think it's one that if we do take a step back and look at, like, it's probably happening more often than we realized in different aspects with our clients. Even if yeah. this is not, you know, a focus of ours, we're going to have clients coming in to deal with one thing and then in the midst of their work with us, betrayal happens or betrayal has happened and they need to work Mm -hmm. with it. So your resources and your course, I think is something that we can all absolutely benefit from.
1: Well, I hope so. That's been my goal in making that, that I want it to be something that's very user-friendly. There's some worksheets that go along with it as well that you can use with your clients. Um, And my goal is just to help folks be the best therapist that they can be, and yeah. to have more of a comfort when they're sitting in the therapy room with betrayal sure. trauma. Because you know we sit there and scratch our head and think, "What the hell do I do now right, with right, that?" Right, you know, right, I mean, right. how many times it when we're honest with ourselves, you know, it's like, "Gosh, they might need a good therapist here." Right. You yeah. Know, and, when, yeah. And then oh, it's kind of like being a parent of oh, who's the parent in the room here? Sure. But, sure my goal in creating all this is for a therapist to be able to say okay here's what i know to do yeah. next yeah. here's some different routes that i can go to understand what the client needs yeah um i do some ifs work in being able to help the individual heal yeah i just pull in a lot of different tools yeah to be able for us to know what we can do with each of the clients and help them determine what's going to be beneficial for them.
0: Yeah. Well, Adana, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. This has been really informative. I'm, like I said, I'm really excited to be able to dive into your course myself very soon. Cause like I said, this is, this is an area that I have seen pop up in my own practice. And I think betrayal is going to happen when it's going to happen. It's not like there's this timeline. Yeah. And so, you know, we could be working with a client on one thing and then betrayal happens in their mm-hmm. life. That was totally unexpected. So I'm looking forward to just being able to have more knowledge and experience myself. And I think this is something listeners can really benefit from too. So I really appreciate you sharing your time and your, your knowledge with us and um, looking forward to connecting some more.
1: Yeah. Great i always love to talk about it so if anybody has any questions then certainly just shoot me an email or yeah my number's on my website just give me a call i want to be a resource when folks need a resource absolutely absolutely and we'll have all your
0: information in the show notes
1: thanks again so much for chatting with me
0: today thank you so much for listening to the raise to empower podcast check the show notes for all links and resources mentioned in the show If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, be sure to share it with your therapist friends and don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave your five-star rating and review. It truly means so much to me and will help us get our message of empowerment out to other women and mom clinicians. And I'd love to connect with you in our Facebook community. So check out the show notes for the link or head to bit.ly forward slash raise to empower, to join us. I'll see you back here next week.